Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of massive magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. In the virtual studio today, we have Justin. Yo. Al. What's going on? Myself, Anthony, and a very special guest joining us, Lakeland Magic, Josh Majet. What's up, guys? What's going on, Josh? How's it going? Appreciate y'all having me. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Um, what 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 have you been up to during during this downtime of um, the the quarantine that we have going on? Yeah, just kind of what I imagine everyone else is up to. Just you know, finding new things every day to you know to entertain yourself and to stay busy. And we bought a house last spring, so I've been doing a lot of a lot of house projects. My wife has for me, um, trying to you know something new every day that just pops up and you know trying to keep yourself entertained it's funny because every time we ask that there's always my wife has a list of things for me to do <laughs> it's, all, that's how it it's, always, it's always in that order yeah. um but but obviously with um it it kind of forces us to be creative with how it is that we we stay in in shape and and definitely as a professional athlete it kind of forces you to do the same um do you have a basketball hoop at home how, how is it that you're you're still keeping yourself prepared yeah, uh, no hoop here. Um, we've got a couple hoops in our neighborhood that I've been able to, you know, go in and just get some work in. You know, it's outside, but, you know, it's better than nothing. Um, been doing some in-home yoga. I have uh, going a little little loop in our neighborhood that I do a little run on. Um, and then we have, I have some weights here, and that's, you know, just kind of you know, mixing those three things in and trying to keep the body as sharp as can be in these crazy times. Yeah, we're, we're going to find a way to be creative, exactly. right? Exactly. Now, Josh, I know, first of all, congratulations. I know recently you announced you're having a, a baby girl. Yes, That's thank due you. in November. Yes. Um, so how is that preparation coming along? You're excited to be a, a dad for the first time. Yeah, no, it's been, it's made these times even crazier because we found out um, while we were still in Lakeland before the season had been canceled and having finding out that we're pregnant and then all of this stuff hits and we're trying to get back to Alabama as fast as possible and it's just a lot of moving parts like everyone is going through, but then adding the pregnancy has been like taking it to the next level of going to the doctor and making sure that the baby's healthy and my wife is, you know, in good, in good hands. Yeah. I'm actually uh, expecting a baby girl also in October. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So just kind of the, the same thing uh, during this time frame of, you know, going to the doc, cause right now they're not even allowing me inside the, the appointments for the visiting where right. we just had a agenda a virtual gender reveal not too long ago <laughs> we and we're still trying to figure thing. out yeah, we did the exact yeah we're thing. still we're still trying to figure out the whole baby shower situation so um cool kudos to you for for getting by it because i i know firsthand it's tough yeah no i'm driving my wife to the doctor and just sitting in the car while she goes up there saying the car yeah, yep. that's crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what the new normal is right now so josh just to kind of get to know you a little bit more uh, for those who aren't necessarily familiar uh, with you. Can you talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, what growing up was like? Um, I know you grew up in Alabama, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Uh, what that was like and how that shaped, you know, your view of basketball. Yeah. Uh, born and raised in uh, Birmingham, a little suburb outside of Birmingham called Hoover. Um, I grew up playing every sport that I knew of, you know, just whatever was in season, I was playing it. Um, and I was the youngest of three 
three kids, so I grew up going to my brother and my sister's games every every weekend, traveling on the road with their AAU stuff. Um, so I was just grew up with the ball in my hands, and that's kind of how I got started in basketball. I was just, you know, always all of our weekends were either at the ballpark or in the gym, and and that's just that's all I knew. So it was, it was pretty uh, natural for me to just to, to be on the court or, or on the on the field. And now, Josh, who was your biggest influence when it comes to basketball? Um, probably my, my childhood was my dad. Um, you know, he he is my little league coach, you know, baseball, basketball. Uh, he was always my coach. I was very fortunate that he had a, a job that allowed him to be around as much as, you know, and, and be on the court and on the, in the field with me as much as he did. Um, and then I, I when I went to college, uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about that later, but I had a coach – Uh, Lenny Acuff, who was like a, a second father to me, who kind of, I always loved basketball, but he took like my my understanding of the game and my appreciation for, for basketball to another level with just how he thought the game. And and he, he made me a different player than I was when, before I got there. How do you feel, how do you feel like your time in college really prepared you for, for the next level? Uh, that's a good question. You know, um, Not a lot of D2 guys like had the opportunity to to play professionally. So I, I came into college with, right. with no like playing professional basketball wasn't even in my mind. Like that's just not a that's just not the natural progression playing at UAH and then going on to play professionally. So I was just taking it, you know, game at a time and just had had a couple good first years and you know, my junior year I started my coach would tell me, you know, you're going to have a chance if you, that's something you want to do. Um, so my, after my senior year, I had, you know, agents contact me and saying, you know, it's a thing. If you want to be a professional basketball player, it's like a real thing. And I was, and I was just like happy to be able to say I played a year professionally. And then I just kind of kept having good years. And I kept like, I felt like I was getting better as a player. It just kind of has, grown every year and I feel like I'm still like getting better I haven't I don't, I don't feel like I know I'm 30 years old I just don't feel like I feel like this year was my best year and I, I'm 30 years old I haven't hit my decline yet 30 years is now old man. you still got a whole <laughs> yeah. lot you still got a whole lot of juice in you yeah no I, I'm a young 30 <laughs> yeah but I mean growing up in Alabama I mean what what team did you really follow growing up who were some who who were your um favorite players my dad being like uh so involved in my sports fandom um right obviously the celtics were great when he was like in his 20s so he's a huge celtics fan so i grew up like with the uh, i don't even like the ron mercer celtics teams that those, those were the teams i was like forced to pull for when they were very bad um so that's kind of like the the baseline of of my basketball fandom um But, like, specific players I loved along those lines, like Rajon Rondo, when he was with Boston, was, like, my favorite guy to watch when I was in middle school and high school. And then, obviously, I, lo I love Nash, and Chris Paul is probably my favorite right now. Nice. That's some great point guard, too, to kind of shape your game. Yeah, after. yeah, exactly. Perfect. Now, I know you, you spent quite some time playing basketball abroad professionally mm -hmm. as well. Um, during that time and in those countries you've played in, What has been some of your favorite memories uh, or most remarkable things you remember from those times? Um, yeah, my year in Greece, it was the team I played for. It was our first, it was their first year in the top division. Um, 
So they were just basically over there. You're trying to, they want to just stay in the top division. So bottom two teams get relegated down to second division. So our team's goal going into the season was just stay in the top league. And we ended up winning like five of our last six and we got into the playoffs and it was, we were in a smaller city and it was like something that city has never experienced and never will never did again. Um, to be able to like host playoff games in that city was like very special and very unexpected for our team going into the season. Um, that's something that really sticks out to me. So in comparison uh, to your time playing in Greece, for example, what is the biggest change? Cause you've, you've had experience or you've played at kind of all three levels playing internationally, mm-hmm. playing in the G league, D league and, and in the NBA, uh, what would you say are some of like the biggest uh, differences and, and points that you've had to kind of uh, readjust your either your mentality or your work ethic uh, to be able to deal with? Uh, yeah, just on the court, I think the biggest difference is the spacing. You know, there's no defensive three seconds over there. So, I mean, teams really pack it in. And, and when you drive, the, the referees allow you to be a little more physical than over here. Um, so you've got to kind of pick and choose when you want to, you know, put your body out there and trying trying to stay healthy uh but yeah the spacing you know it's just there's not as many driving lanes and pick and roll coverage there's always you know two guys waiting in the paint for the roll guy you gotta uh kind of think the game differently than you would over here it kind of forces you to kind of have like a like a switch right because you come from playing overseas where that's your style of play and then you come back to the states and then you know you you do have those type of defensive schemes so where you know how you would normally treat those situations are kind of different now right yeah absolutely um you know my, my first year out of college i played in the netherlands and i came back my second year and i played in the then d league and i was like oh my gosh the spacing is unbelievable i just felt like i had so much room to operate and, and like it's just like a whole new world was opened up to me. <laughs> now, li- life in the G League. So, what what is that like? What are some of the daily routines? And then, what what was the experience when you actually got the call up to get into the NBA? Um, yeah, the D League is is an interesting deal. Um, it's it's been great for me and great for my career. But you know, the day to day. At least when I first entered the D League, it was the day to day was a lot different than what it is now. The the resources and the money that you know, the big clubs are putting into the G League teams now is, is great. You know, that wasn't always the case when I was first in the league. It was right. kind of like a not the black sheep, but it was like, oh, got to go down to the – players would come down and they were not happy about coming down to the G League. Um, and then uh, – I'm sorry, what was the follow-up on that? What was the experience like when you first got oh, your oh, first yeah. call-up? Um, yeah, so I played – I played three full seasons in the D League, um, and then signed with Atlanta in the summer. So there wasn't—I didn't have like the the phone call from the GM saying we're calling you up to a ten-day. I was—I signed a, an actual contract in the summer, and then I do remember it was Coach Bud was was in Atlanta with us, and he he pulled me aside and said, you know, you have—I was engaged at the time and said, your fiance being planning on being at the home opener i said uh no and he said well you might want to tell her to be because you're going to be dressing out um so that was like wow, that was like my was special awesome. um we played in dallas so, you know everyone has like you can still picture that that moment and going into a game for the first time and like kind of taking it all in 
Wow, that, that's amazing. Now, bringing it back to, to Lakeland for a second, I know the, the Lakeland Magic were having a lot of success this season, unfortunately got suspended. Thinking about if the playoffs had happened in the G League, how dangerous do you think that team could have been in the playoffs? I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but, you know, I, I, I felt like we were, you know, I, I think we had the best team in the league, especially with the roster that we had uh, down the stretch and going into the playoffs. We had one six in a row, I think, when the season got canceled. And we had just gone on a really long road trip of, like, I want to say six of our last seven were on the road, and we won our last six against, like, we beat Maine, who was in second place in our league, and the Grand Rapids was in third or fourth. So we were beating good teams on the road at their place. So, you know, the G League playoffs are kind of crazy because it's just one game until you get to the finals. But I felt really, really mm -hmm. good about where we were and, like, our mindset. And, and, you know, we were just playing really good basketball. Who, who would you say that's one teammate that you, that you play with right now in the Lakeland Magic that um, doesn't deserve to be on the G League? Someone that you think that could be – in in the big league right now that's a good question because we have we had a lot of good players there this year um especially uh when emil i know emil was was with the big club for quite a while this season but i think we were like seven and oh or eight no when he was either down on assignment or when he came back to lakeland um i mean he he's like a he's like a cheat code in the g league you know he's like <laughs> right like walk just showing up on the court is like 25 and 12 so like he was a, a real luxury for our team. Um, it's just like kind of too good for the G League, I think. With everything that you've been through and now the knowledge that you possess, what, what advice would you give to someone who was playing college basketball and trying to make a career out of basketball? It's um, a good question. I guess I would say is that you're always being watched, um, whether you're like on the court playing a game or walking through a hotel lobby someone has eyes on you and that oh. that wouldn't be like I wouldn't be where I was if I like didn't have like my character and that wasn't that's part of what makes me appealing to teams and I know that that's one of my strengths is I've got to be like the high character guy and the good locker room guy and uh, so I would tell younger guys just you know you're always being watched whether you think you're being watched on like on the court or at practice or everyday life people take notice so just handle handle yourself in a professional manner as, as often right. as you can because yep. you don't know who's watching. There's really no off switch. Right. Yeah. Now, one more thing, Josh, that you were a part of this year is playing some basketball for Team USA. Um, that was, I believe, in January mm -hmm. of this year. Um, seems like it was forever ago. Whatever yeah, has happened right? ever since. Um, how was that experience like for you? How was that? I know you guys played Puerto Rico a couple times mm -hmm. and beat them both times. Um, how was that experience like? Guy, it was it was really really special um you know putting on our country's colors and especially going down to puerto rico because it, they had just come off of uh, a good showing at the world cup this past summer the world cup um, yeah. mm -hmm. so they were really really excited and it was a sold out arena you know going going crazy and for us to go in there and and be wearing the usa on our chest while they play our national anthem and like a hostile crowd was uh was really really special and something i'll never forget um and then to, to get two wins was was very important too to you know you never want to be like that this group of geely guys who like don't allow the team to qualify for the big stuff uh so that was very satisfying and from the time that you've been able to to spend with the magic uh, what would you say you know as an analysis now what do you think this team is looking like now? Well, before the, the season was cut short and 
what do you think this team can become with the current iteration of it? Um, yeah, no, I think they were kind of hitting their stride as the season was going. They were still, you know, improving and, and playing better basketball. Uh, I think at the beginning of the year, the offensive end was kind of our uh, kind of our not our heel, but you know, it was, it was something we were trying to improve. Um, and I think right. as the season wore on and guys settled into roles and and people were more comfortable in what was expected of them, um, you saw like the numbers get better and the efficiency on the offensive end was coming into shape. Now, how how was that experience like when you were um, when you first joined the Magic? and just getting to know the players for fresh off the bat because obviously you weren't with the team for as long as you know the the players that had the contracts there how, how was that process like to be able to kind of mesh with the team and and just get kind of plugged in the way that you were yeah it was great everyone was super welcoming and um and very open to who i was and what i could bring to the table and and just me being a part of the team and everyone was from the coaching staff to to the guys in the locker room was very very um, just welcoming it, I guess is the word. Uh, just open to to having me on board. It, it, it's so it's so funny because uh, the games that we watched you play, every time we saw you catch the ball behind the arch, like we we were praying that you would shoot that yes. thing up because <laughs> every one the form looks amazing, and two it looked as if every shot you took was going in. I, I'm glad y'all think that. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's just that's. Part of that. I mean, six foot white guy, I guess, becomes a fan favorite from time to time. <laughs> I think I think we've, I've seen some of your games also in Lakeland. I know you again. Some of the highlights that we get to see of you, you put on a show. Shooting again, you have a few games where you've gone caught fire from behind the arc. Uh, so I think oh, we all wanted to see that yeah. happen with, with the team, and we're looking forward to that. Yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of comfort level of like, you know, in Lakeland, I know I'm going to play 40 minutes and you know, have the freedom to do whatever. And, you know, you don't want to come in the first couple minutes of a Orlando game and fire from 35 feet. Um, <laughs> right. That's all part of it. Do you think that you're content with with continuing a, a G League career or do you still have ambitions of getting back to the NBA? Uh, yeah, no, I think, um, like I kind of touched on earlier, I think, I don't think I've plateaued or, or begin to decline at all. Um, I still think I can. I'm an NBA guard, and I feel like I can contribute to team winning, to teams winning. Um, and you just like look at the numbers. I my my year this year was by far better than my year two years ago or my year three years ago. And I just feel like I'm continuing to improve. And, and I do have, you know, dreams of you know being like a full time uh, roster guy. I feel like every team. It doesn't matter how the NBA changes. Every team needs a shooter. And yep. I, I believe that's like one of your biggest strengths that you have and being able to shoot from behind the heart. You know, it's not as much as everyone's trying for it to be a skill, a skill. It's very difficult to really make that your thing. Yeah, no, that was what my, my biggest point of emphasis this past summer um, and will be again this summer was consistently shooting. You know, if I'm going to stick, I have to be like a 41, 42, 43 from three um, to be able to you know, provide value and for teams to have to respect me when I'm on the court. Now, Josh, we're going to transition into what we call in the ozone with Josh Majette. Pretty simple. We're going to ask you a few questions and it's rapid fire. You're going to try to answer as fast as you can. All right. All right. 
Um, favorite destination in Orlando? Ooh, uh, Park Avenue and Winter Park, just for like a afternoon walk or, or brunch with uh, with my wife. Since you mentioned that, I know we got to do rapid fire, but Park <laughs> Avenue in Winter Park, they have a place called The Wine Room. Have you been there? I have not. The Wine Room is amazing. It's just literally a room full of like hundreds of wines and oh, you wow. like pay a little balance on a card. Um, and you just go to each station that you want, put the card in and you get a sample of any wine you want. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, super amazing place. Just in case you want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> I have to remember that. But that's after the baby. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Priorities. Josh, how about one place you would like to visit in the next year? Um, Australia has always been my bucket oh, list yes. um, travel destination. Favorite city to visit when you're playing on the road? Um, Atlanta, because it's only two hours from, from Birmingham, where I grew up. Mm. So I usually have a contingent of people come over. Who's your toughest teammate to guard in practice during your time with the Magic? Oh, DJ was was a problem on the offense. It was when I was on defense. You know, his he's so smart. Like, obviously, he's been in the NBA for a while, but like using his body and his his setups for pick and rolls, he's just he's very smart and he's a very very good player. And last question, Josh. In a perfect world, uh, fifteen years from now, what will you be remembered as a basketball player? Mm, someone that maximized my ability is I don't want to have any kind of regret or what if this happened someone that maximized everything I had you seem to be someone who is persistent uh someone who consistently tries to strive you when when you know it may seem like some doors may close and I think that's very admirable um how do you think that that resonates into who you are as a player and who you are as a as a human yeah no it's just kind of been I, I wouldn't I don't have the luxury of like falling back on like I'm not like the super like God-given talent and ability like I don't have the six six wingspan so I to be where I am like I had to you know work harder than everyone else and be you know that 110 percent effort cliche but like that, that's how I how I had to be on the court to survive and to and to get where I've been absolutely Josh, I appreciate you so much for joining us. Really fun getting to know you a little bit more, and uh, we're definitely rooting for you, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Quarantine with Josh and Jet. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com, and remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.